Hi, this is Karen and Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Now, today we're going to be talking about communication. Yes, we are. We're talking, actually, this message is called Training Your Mouth for Marriage. Now, this is, uh, if I have, someone asked me one day how many marriage messages I have. I have 90, over 90. Oh, okay then. Well, I've been doing this for, you know, 40 years. <laughs> yes. And um, this is one of the top three messages. If I could only bring three marriage messages, this would be one of them. Because your marriage will never be better than your mouth. Mm -hmm. If your mouth is not prepared for marriage, marriage is going to be a painful journey. Mm -hmm. And so this 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 message is going to help. But actually, Karen, before the message is coming up in a few minutes, we have some questions and I from the our listeners. And I want this is I'm going to begin with you. Uh, this is a question for you. Ever since the kids moved out, we've been doing our own thing and aren't really connected or talking anymore. Is this normal? Um. Well, it's, this right here is a great question because it shows you what happens when you're not taking care of your family before the kids leave, you know, your marriage. That's right. That's right. And it's a, this is the kind of question that you would ask because you haven't been taking care of your marriage. So all those that are listening right now and you're, you still have kids at home, you know, this is why it's so important because they are going to leave. And you don't want to be left in a relationship that's empty, that's you're not connected and you have no, in, you know, same you know, you're not doing things together, in other words. And so I just think it's really important to begin now, you know, finding things. You know, maybe think about something you have never done. I have a friend. They just bought a ping pong table, and they go out and play ping pong to, in the in their backyard together, and they're having so much fun. So, you know, you can be creative and find new yeah. ways. You fall in love by having fun, mm -hmm. by energetically meeting each other's needs. Uh, and this question, Karen, sounds like a couple— that their children sucked up all the oxygen and then walked out the door and they you know, just kind of fell down and, and didn't ha really have a, a marriage any longer. Mm -hmm. And so you can rebuild uh, the foundations of your marriage. And I really do encourage them, if they haven't read my book, Four Laws of Love, it talks about this in detail and how to re rebuild your marriage on the right foundations. But They've done a lot of bad stuff to get to this point, but you can reverse it yeah. if you'll just begin to do the right thing. But but Four Laws of Love, it's both audio and book and video series. The Four Laws of Love goes through detail. Uh, we have a couple friends that we know that live around us. Their marriage was saved by the Four Laws of Love. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they have the best marriage in the neighborhood now, and they, they were on the brink of divorce. So it really will help. Okay, when I get home from work, my wife asks a thousand questions. I told her I need some space, and now she's giving me the silent treatment. Am I wrong here? <laughs> well, we did that. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't, you know, I would come home from work, and you were that same way. You were just chatty Kathy and had all these questions for me. And um, it, it, I, I thought you were nosy, uh, and I didn't want to feed the monster. You know, I just thought if you're trying to kill a monster, you starve it, you don't feed it. And you were very frustrated with me, uh, and and I didn't. I just never talked to you. I mean, I, I, we would. When you didn't understand, it's a it's a really important need for a woman. Very important need for a woman. And I tell men, it's as important to a woman as sex is for a man, mm -hmm. and that that kind of helps to communicate the importance of it. But I I changed, and I I sat down with you, and uh, when God began to heal our marriage, and and told you, I'll talk as long as you want to talk about anything you want to talk about, mm -hmm. and that's what healed our marriage. Mm -hmm. That that was. Uh, that built a bridge in our communication. And I'm going to say to this man, uh, I'm going to say to this couple, 
let your husband come in, let him unwind. Let him eat dinner, you know, let him unwind. Let him spend, spend time with the kids or something, maybe watch the news. But set a time at night that you turn the TV off, no computers, no phones, mm-hmm. no texting, no kids. Tell, yeah. your, tell your kids to leave you alone. <laughs> and, um, and then sit down face-to-face mm-hmm. and have a very quality time of communication and every day. See, a woman doesn't care what time of the day it is to talk. She just wants to know it's going to come around. Mm-hmm. But if you're always putting her off, and, and just this this is a force in women. Mm-hmm. It's not just a need. It's a force. And when you deny that, uh, you know, men have affairs typically, and affairs are never justified. Mm-hmm. But men have affairs because they find a woman who honors them uh, and, and desires them. Mm-hmm. Uh, women have affairs because they find a man who wants to talk to them and treat, and they treat them very special. Mm-hmm. And so this man is starving his wife. And yeah, she just wants to feel connected to his world. That's right. That's exactly right. That's what communication means to a woman. Mm-hmm. So he he's wrong in this, and he needs to be uh, more patient in communicating with his wife. We hope this is helpful to you. If you haven't already subscribed, we'll hope you do that. And also leave a review. We love hearing how this has helped your marriage. Now let's go to the teaching Uh, today on training your mouth for marriage. We're going to talk about communication now. Training your mouth for marriage. Proverbs, Proverbs 18 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he will be filled Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Listen to that statement there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Next verse is interesting. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, a man's stomach will be filled literally from the seed of his mouth is what this is saying. The produce means a seed-bearing entity And then it goes on to say right after that, that uh, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Your marriage will never rise above the level of your mouth. What you do with your mouth will predict your marriage in every single case with no exceptions to that. And the simple premise of what the writer of Proverbs is saying here is to prepare for marriage, we have to prepare our mouths. And this astounding statement is made in Proverbs 18. The power of death is in your tongue. And the power of life is in your tongue. And I I want you to listen to what I want to say. God wants to use your tongue to create a great life and a great marriage and a great family and to bless other people. The devil wants to use your tongue to destroy your life, your family, and destroy other people. That is the absolute truth. And whoever has control of your tongue has control of a powerful thing because with your tongue, you can create death and with your tongue, you can create life. And I know this because I destroyed our marriage with my tongue. God made me to speak. God made me, uh, speaking is my gift. I've never been at a loss for words. I wish I should have been at times, but you know, before I got saved and even after I got saved, my, my tongue was my weapon. My tongue was how I punished you if I didn't like what you were doing. And again, I'm very articulate. I'm articulate for the good. I'm articulate for the bad. And and Karen is not. Karen is a very wise person. She certainly can say what she means, but she's not as quick as I am. And I use that against her. 
And so when we got married, I was dominant. And when I didn't get what I wanted, I, I turned this on her. And beat her down, beat her down, accused her, made her think she was the whole problem, so on and so forth. And I saw my wife wilt before my eyes. In the night that our marriage was saved, that's when I apologized for the first time ever. I had never apologized to Karen for anything that I had ever done. And on the night that I apologized to Karen, and I hung my golf clubs up because I golfed all the time, and you know she certainly didn't feel like that she was a priority. And when I apologized to her, she said, what you've done with your mouth is the worst thing you've done to me. And I said, I know. And she said, uh, you know, I forgive you, but I don't trust you. And I said, I don't blame you, but I'll, I'll regain your trust. And so our marriage was saved, but for our marriage to be saved and healed in what it is today, I had to change what I was doing with my mouth. And I know that you'll agree with this. We live in a very vulgar, sarcastic, hateful world verbally, don't we? It's, I, I just, it's, it's astounding and I don't know that there's ever been a world where there wasn't some of that, but the world we live in today is so vulgar and so hate-filled. And what people say to one another is so unbelievable. You'll never have a good marriage till you get this thing right, all of us. The power of death is in our mouth, but the other is also true. The power of life is in our mouth. You can give life to your spouse. You can give life to your marriage. You fell in love saying good things to each other. Every good marriage has a lot of good words in it. If you don't speak, well, you don't have a great marriage because you have to have words to have a good marriage. If you have bad words, you don't have a good marriage because bad words, I'm not talking about talking about negative things because you can do that and still have a great marriage. You need to do that. But I'm talking about how you use your mouth because when the Bible's talking about a man will live literally off the fruit of his mouth, good or bad. With your stomach or with your mouth, it's gonna fill your stomach. And it's not just talking about your stomach with food, your insides with life. Whatever you do with this is gonna have a dramatic impact on the insides of you. And it says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied literally from the seed of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he will be filled. Our words are seed-bearing entities. I, I saw a program one time like on the, the Discovery Channel, and it was talking about migratory animals, whales, birds, an, an, animals that migrate for thousands of miles. And, and what animal researchers believe is that they literally can see the um, electromagnetic fields of the earth that we cannot see, like geese and, and different animals that, and insects. Some insects you know, uh, migrate for thousands of miles, butterflies and stuff. How are they able to go from an exact spot to an exact spot back to an exact spot? Well, what they, what they theorize is they literally can see the electromagnetic fields of the earth. They can see what we can't see. And so because of that, they can do what we can't do. Well, let me talk about this. If you could see in the realm of the spirit, what you would realize is every time you speak, a seed spits out. When you speak, your words don't evaporate. And I'll prove that to you from the Bible. Words do not evaporate. All words are consequential. Good words bring good results. Bad words bring bad results because all words are consequential. All words are important. There are no neutral words. Words are either good or bad. And so when we're speaking, if we could see in the invisible realm, we would understand 
what the writer of Proverbs is saying here, and that is, a man shall be filled from the seed of his mouth because every time he, he says something, a seed spits out. And then the next verse says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Listen, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, but, but I want you to listen. God's not gonna bring you a good woman for you to kill her with your mouth. That's what I did with my wife. And so sometimes we, we have to clean the slate on this thing and say, I'm gonna take personal responsibility for what I do with my mouth and in doing so, I understand that my family, what they do with their mouths isn't right. And I forgive them. I'm not judging them. I'm not harboring ill will. But I'm going to break this off me because I want to have a blessed marriage and family. And I don't want to train my children in this. And if I have trained my children in this, I'm going to go and repent to them and make it right. And tell them that what I've been doing with my mouth isn't right and I'm going to change. Listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew 12. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or either make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you'll be condemned. So Jesus, first of all, refers to our words as fruit and our hearts as trees. And he says, make the tree good and the fruit good, or make the tree bad and the fruit bad. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now listen, sometimes you will hear a person say, maybe you've said in a circumstance, you don't know my heart. I absolutely know your heart by your words. I absolutely know the nature of your heart by the nature of your words. Listen, a mean heart speaks mean words. Jesus said, your words are the fruit that come out of the tree of your heart. Your, your heart is the tree that produces words. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. A dirty heart brings forth dirty words. A heart filled with hate and unforgiveness brings forth hateful words. So a loving heart brings forth loving words. A pure heart brings forth pure words. We have to wake ourselves up and say, my mouth is telling me the nature of my heart and I can't disassociate it. And I come at you and I just lay you bare and I just rip into you and I curse at you and I call you every name and I get finished and say, well, I really didn't mean it. That's not my heart. It's your heart. It's in your heart. You got meanness in your heart. You got, you got dirtiness in your heart. That's in your, you can clean it up in an instant. I mean, you, Jesus said, make the tree good and the fruit good. You can do that in two seconds. It doesn't take two seconds. But understand, I've got to take responsibility. And Jesus says to us, we will give an account, listen, for every idle word that we've ever spoken on the day of judgment. Okay. Jesus said, 
I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, your words will be condemned. Now here's what the devil wants you to believe. Words are evaporative. They just evaporate. There's no big deal. You can say anything you want to say, turn around, go off, and those words just evaporate, and they need to get over it. They got, they got a problem anyway. They just need to get over it. Words just evaporate. Here's what Jesus wants you to understand. Your words are accumulating in the presence of God. And Jesus said, one day, every word you've ever spoken will meet you in judgment, even every idle word. Here's what that means. You're in the garage by yourself, trying to fix something. You hit your thumb with a hammer, that word. (laughs) I want to give you the best news in the whole world. God's recorder has an eraser on it. It's called the blood of Jesus. And all of us have said dumb things. And the only thing you have to do to get all those words, bad words erased, are to say, God, forgive me, I repent. I shouldn't have said it. God says, great, no problem, I forgive you. So the good good news is, for a person who is humble and, and godly, and we blow it, I mean, all of us blow it at times. You know, I've gotten to the point where I, you know, golf, I don't cuss, but I still think it sometimes, you know, so I'm getting better. But we blow it sometimes. We think that we think things we shouldn't think, we say things we shouldn't say. There's an eraser on the recorder if you take responsibility for it. But if you turn to your spouse and say, well, you shouldn't have made me mad. You know that makes me mad. And I know what I said to you, but you made me mad. That's baloney. I don't care what you do to me, I can make a right response. And the Bible says, kind words are like honey dripping down into the innermost part of a person. And a soft answer turns away wrath. In the worst circumstance, if I say the right thing, it'll produce the right result. I've got to take responsibility for my mouth. Jesus says your words don't evaporate. They're accumulating in the presence of God. And they're so important that God will judge us one day. Listen, there are people that have a bad mouth and they've never taken responsibility. And they will be shocked one day in judgment, to stand in God's presence and have every word they've ever spoken recounted to them and for them to be judged based on that. So again, when we're saved and the blood of Jesus saves us, those words, as we, you know, repent, those words are gone. Okay, we don't don't have to do that. But we have to understand, that's how critical words are. Galatians 6, Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, that will they reap. Well, why would he say that? Because there are people that believe they can get a good response through bad words. I did. There are times that we believe, I need to wake my spouse up. I need to, I need to cuss them out. They need a good cussing out. You know? I, just, I, need, I need to threaten divorce. I need to threaten adultery. I need to tell them they're ugly. I, I, need to, I, need to, I just need to rip into them. And you know what it'll do? It'll wake them up. No, it won't. It'll devastate them. You cannot get a good result. You're deceived. Paul said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And the word mocked there is the word nose. It's muckter. It's muckterizo. It literally means you're not going to throw your nose up at God and defy his laws. Whatever you sow is going to come back to you. If you sow corruption, it's going to come back corruption. If you sow the spirit, it'll come back in everlasting life. Life 
The power of life and death is in your tongue. So when you let your flesh, your sin nature take over and you start spitting out bad seed, you're deceived if you don't believe you're going to eat that and something bad in your life. And when you open your mouth and you let God spit out a good seed, you're deceived if you believe that's not coming back with something good. You are going to reap what you sow with your mouth. That's the law of sowing and reaping. And so some people say, no, I just think that I can say anything I want to say and, and get the results that I want. Now, let me say something about cursing because I've counseled Christians for a long time. Sometimes when Christians get mad, they cuss. I've had couples who are sweet, godly people in church every Sunday just cuss upside one down the other. And they're sitting in my office and, and um, they're talking about what they said to each other. And she'll say, he called me every name in the book. He said this, 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 or, or he'll say the same thing. Here's what I've never seen in counseling. In all my years of counseling, I've never had a per person come in and say, you know, Jimmy, the other night we were having a fight. We got into a really bad fight and they cussed me out. And man, it helped. You know, I, I, just, I just didn't realize what it, how bad I was. But when they started cussing at me, the light came on. And it, I just want to thank them. Thank you so much for loving me enough to cuss me out. I've, I've never heard that because it's devastating. Let me say, cursing is cursing. The word damn is, a, is in the Bible. It's just, it just means to invoke harm. So when you say damn kids, damn this, damn this, you're literally invoking harm upon whatever you say. Cursing means to invoke a curse. It means you're partnering with the devil to use your mouth. See, prayer is invoking blessing. When I pray, I'm going to God and I'm invoking blessing. When I praise, I'm invoking blessing. When I bless, I'm invoking blessing. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, I'm listening to what you say and I'm gonna respond accordingly. You're gonna tell me or the devil what, I, what we can do in your life because you have that kind of authority. So what I don't want to do is I don't want to open my mouth and allow the devil to operate through my mouth. And I wanna go back and say, words are nuclear. At the end of this message, if you don't leave with anything else, understand this is nuclear. The power of death is in your tongue. Here, so you say, say two things to your spouse, little, little things. Just, you go up to your spouse and say, have you lost weight? Now you know, little, little bitty phrase, that's a point winner right there. Well, let me, let me just change it just a little bit. Have you gained weight? And a few words in a moment of time either brought encouragement or discouragement, either brought you closer or separated you. The power of words, the incredible nuclear power of words. You will never get a good response with a bad word. And if you believe that, you're deceived. That's what the Bible says. Another deception is I would say something positive but I wouldn't make a difference. It took me weeks, months really to prove to Karen I was changed. I mean, she said, I don't trust you. I said, I don't blame you. And it, my, our marriage wasn't healed overnight. We, we were numb, okay? But day after day, I woke up and I started changing the way I talked to her and we fell back in love and my wife got healed.
but it took a consistent demonstration for me that I was different. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.